0: Welcome everyone at all of our churches. Hey, it is so good to have all of you at our nine o'clock service. And I know all of you in Bluntstown are sitting there thinking, man, we've had an hour. What do we need to do with this extra hour we get on Sunday mornings? Because you've moved from eight o'clock to nine o'clock and then everybody in Chipley and Mariana are going, oh, we're so tired. Oh, we had to get up earlier and show up at church earlier. So, uh, man, it's it's just going to be a really different reaction for everybody. But thanks, everybody, for working with us to make these shifts so that we can have what we believe are the optimal inviting hours for all of our churches to invite people to our 9 o'clock service and our 1030 service because people tend to... Gravitate toward what is closest to 10 o'clock. And so we feel like this will not only align all of our churches with all of our service times, but as well as make it optimal for you to invite your friends and your unchurched family with you. And so thanks so much for helping us reach more people for Jesus Christ. Help us lead, help, thank you, thank you for helping us fulfill our mission of leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus. So thanks for being that kind of church. I, I You guys just know how much I appreciate your, your ability to flex so that we can do that. So thanks so much. Hey, if you got the talk notes out, um, we're in week three of our series entitled Better For It. And uh, the questions or some of the questions that we're addressing in these three-week conversations, today is the last week of the conversation. So if you haven't seen the others, you can go to our website. And let me just clarify that if you want to see the full-length version of the talk, you have to go to our website. What you see on YouTube is what we did is we created an online experience that is about the length of time that we figured out that people were watching online during the pandemic. So if you go online and you think you're going to get the full experience, you will not get the full experience. We've cut it down to about 10 or 12 minutes because that is about length of time people were watching online. So we said, okay, we're going to reduce what's online as a step um, to the room, not a substitute for the room. So if you want to see the full link sermon at here on a Sunday morning don't go to YouTube don't go to Facebook you go to the website and you will hear be able to uh, hear this talk again because some of you went to YouTube last week or two and you go what's wrong with this man it was like a little snip what happened and so um, that's what happened so um, again thanks for being flexible because we feel like that's that will help us create a great online experience for people to take a next step to joining us in the room now Where was I at? Oh, if you missed any of those conversations, you can go back to our website and watch them because what we've learned over these past 14 months Um, through this pandemic is that there have been some things that the pressure of the pandemic has squeezed out of us. There have been some negative situations. There's some things that we have been reminded of, some lessons that maybe we've forgotten from our life in the past, or what are some of the lessons that we've learned from some negative situations that we have experienced um, just through this whole pandemic or things that were just kind of happening under the surface and the pressure of the pandemic brought them to the surface. So really what we're answering is a question, how can we be better for it? Because after all, if you've got to go through any kind of negative situation, you might as well be better for it. And so we don't want you to waste your painful situation because the truth is pain without gain is a shame. We want you to be better for any pain or any negative circumstance that you go through. Now, here's the thing. The reality is, All of us, we've faced situations in our life where um, you need to reset because of pain, Uh, you need to start over because of a negative situation that you've experienced. And what we have discovered over the last few weeks is this. There are three fundamentals to learning from the pain of your past, the negative situations in your past, so that you can be better for it going forward. In fact, what we said is this, you have to own it, You have to rethink it. And then the third fundamental is you have to release it. So the first thing is you have to own it, which means you have to own your piece of the past. And this is so important because here's what we learned in week one of this conversation. You can't blame your way to a better future. I mean, you've never met a successful person, and you said, how did you become so successful? How did you become successful in your relationships? How did you become successful financially? How did you become successful in your spiritual growth and development? And they go, I just blame my way right to success nobody's ever told that story and nobody ever will because you can't blame your way to a better future. See, what blame does is it allows you to just smuggle all of your issues from your past into your future and just make the same mistakes over and over again. So you have to own your part of your past. That's the first part of making being better for any negative situation in your life. The second thing you have to do is you have to rethink it. Which is important because all of us, at some point in our life, we've looked back because of a negative situation, a painful experience in our life, and we ask ourselves this question, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Why would I think that way? But here's the thing that we discovered last week, and that is this. You need to do more than just ask the question, what was I thinking? No, you have to pause long enough to figure out the answer to this question. And then, once you figure out why you were thinking that way, what you'll discover is you have to transform, you have to renew your mind. Literally, you have to rip out a lot of old lies and put in new truth. Because here's the thing if you think the way that you used to think, you're going to do what you used to do. You're going to make the same mistakes, you're going to trip up in the same ways. You're going to have the same challenging outcomes. So the challenge the Apostle Paul gave us, he says, you need to do the hard work of renovating your mind. You have to take out the old and you have to put in the new. Now, today, we're going to talk about the third fundamental so that you can make sure um, that next time is better than the last time, and that is to release it. Now, here's the thing. If you were here for week one, You remember we talked about this circle of blame and we gave you some homework and your homework was you were to go home and you were to figure out what your part was in the negative situation. Like what was your part? And so we gave you several options, you know, one was half circle, other quarter circle. And then of course, you know, we kind of made the joke that for most of you, we'd have to get a magnifying glass to see what your part of the circle was, right? Because, you know, we don't see us as responsible for our past. But what I told you is if you start unpacking, you know, your attitudes, your jealousy, your insecurity, all of those things that you brought in, you would have to admit, hey, my insecurity really played into this. My jealousy really played played into this, those kind of things. So then what you did is you had to get honest about what your piece of the past was. But then once you do that, then the question becomes, what do you do with the rest of this circle? What what do you do with all the pain and all the hurt that they caused you? Well, today, what we want to do is we want to answer that question. And here's why we want to answer this question. Because see, even if you own it, And even if you rethink it, if you skip dealing with this third part of this process, what it will actually do is it will doom you to repeat the same mistakes over and over as you go forward in your life, even if you follow through on the first two that we've talked about. Now, here's what's interesting. Every one of us, we've had the opportunity from time to time. To, to sit down with someone and, and get to know them, and we go, man, this is just an, an amazing, amazing person. Like, we've all met people who seem so normal, so well-adjusted. I mean, they were just healthy emotionally, spiritually, I mean, relationally. I mean, they, they were amazing people. They were people we admired for how they lived. To the point that you thought, I wanna be in their world. I wanna be in their circle so that they can influence my life. And then we sit down and we start building a relationship with them and we start hearing their story. And we are shocked to hear all the things that happened to them in their past. And as you're listening to their story, you're going, I, I can't believe all of this stuff that was in their circle, all of this stuff that happened. And you thought, I had no idea that you had experienced so much hurt and so much pain in your life. I mean, like, you can't even tell that you went through all that kind of pain. And then the question becomes, how did they do it? Now, here's the thing. If you were sitting down and having a conversation with a person like that, if you asked them what made them, the person they are, how did they go through all of this pain? How did they go through all this hurt? How did they go through all this discouragement and become the emotionally healthy, the spiritually healthy, the relationally healthy person that they are? What you will discover is they all made the same important decision. And you want to write this down. They all, no matter which one of them you would talk to, you will, dis- you will discover that they all basically decided at some point in their life this decision. My past will remind me, it will not define me. That, that's the decision that helped them become the person who's emotionally, spiritually, and relationally healthy. In other words, I decided I was going to learn everything I could learn from my past, but it would not define me. It would not control me. It will not shape my future anymore. Now, some of you, you're sitting there and you're thinking something like this. Well, that's fine for them. But you don't understand my situation. I don't have that kind of choice. Now, let me just be really clear. Please hear my heart on this. No matter what you have been through, no no matter what has been done to you, you always have the ability to leverage what happened to you to learn lessons from your past without giving your past permission to define who you are or where you're headed. See, you may not be able to change what happened to you, but you can make a choice to leverage those lessons from your past So they do not define you or shape where you're headed. And here's the thing I know. I have dealt with enough people who've had deep hurt and pain in their life. And we know this is very challenging. To not let the hurt of your past define you. And it just remind you of the lessons that you learned. To not let it control you or shape you. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Christians in a Greek city uh, called Ephesus. And in this letter that he wrote them, he unpacks this idea that your past, it can remind you, but it does not have to define you. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 22. This is where we're going to pick up. Listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. He says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. So the Apostle Paul says, if you want to be better for it, you have to start by putting some things off. You have to get rid of your old ways of acting and reacting. Don't miss that. He's saying you have to get rid of your old ways of acting and reacting. And see, that's what we talked about in week one. You have to own your piece of the past. You have to acknowledge that there were some deceitful desires, literally some lies from Satan, some imaginations that he created in your mind that made up stories about what was reality, when in reality, that was not reality. So the Apostle Paul says, you have to acknowledge that there are some deceitful desires that have just kind of been rattling around inside of you. And yes, they did that to you. And yes, they said that to you. And yes, maybe most of it was their problem. But the Apostle Paul says, hey, there was some unhealthy stuff. If we're all honest with ourselves, there is some unhealthy stuff that is just rattling around in all of our hearts and all of our minds. You're never totally innocent in the process if it's a kind of like a relational thing where, man, you had some deceit going on. Now, there's some abuse that happens where you were innocent. I get that. But most of the time, it's like, um, man, you got a part of this, Apostle Paul says you got to own your part of the circle of blame. Now, what's interesting is he says, we are to put off these old things. Literally, he's saying it is something that you have the ability to do. It's something that you act on. It's something that you take responsibility for yourself to do. And then notice what he says in verse 23. He says, and be made new... In the attitude of your mind. And this is what we talked about last week. And so we're not gonna unpack this in any detail. You go back and listen to last week's talk. He says, What you have to do is you have to own your past, that's the put off part. And then he says, You have to renovate or you have to transform the way that you think. Now, notice what he says next. He says, And then you need to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now again, the Apostle Paul believes that you and I, we get to decide what we put off and what we put on. He's saying that is a choice that all of us get to make. We are in complete control of whether we own our piece of the past whether we rethink our past, we transform our mind, and then most importantly, we are in completely co- in control of what we put on, whether we release what happened to us in our past and move forward with a new direction in life. So he's basically saying, you can decide to think in a way that will shape your character to make you more like Jesus and think like Jesus thinks. Now, here's the thing. When you do that, you begin to see life from Jesus' point of view. And then he says this, In your anger, do not sin. And all of a sudden you go, well, that feels like a real switch. Why would he say that? Because here's why. Even after you own it, and even after you rethink it, the Apostle Paul says, you've got to do the hard work of releasing it. There are some things that you're going to have to choose to let go of. Literally, he gives us two commands in this verse that we're going to look at. This first one here is, he says, In your anger, do not sin. Which means the Apostle Paul knows that there are going to be times in your life when you're going to feel the emotion of anger about some things. Matter of fact you should experience the emotion of anger about a few things because the emotion of anger is kind of like a warning lie. You've heard me say this before. It's kind of like a warning lie on the dashboard board of your car to let you know that something's not quite right. So anger is an emotion that warns you that something isn't right. But it's not an emotion. Don't miss this. It's not an emotion that you should live with for any period of time. But here's what will happen. If your company fires you without cause, I mean, you probably should be a little bit angry about that, right? It's normal to feel the emotion of anger when you've been done wrong or somebody's abused you. Or or if you discover that your spouse has been cheating on you, you, you should feel anger. It would be unhealthy not to feel anger for that. So the Apostle Paul's point isn't that feeling the emotion of anger is wrong. It's that you've got to make sure that you learn how to deal with this emotion of anger and not cross the line to where your anger then becomes or leads you to sin. And so the question is, where's the line? What's the difference? Well, look at what he says next. He says, in your anger do not sin, do not, which again implies that you have the ability to control a decision, that you have the ability to make a decision, he goes on. He says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, here's the thing. Some people take this verse very literally, but here's the thing that you know if you've experienced any deep hurt. There are some hurts that are too big a deal to just be done with by sunset. In other words, if you discover your spouse has been having an affair, I mean, you're not going to be over that by the end of the day. But what the Apostle Paul's point is when he says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry is, is you've got to acknowledge that you are angry. You've got to acknowledge what you do with your anger is also your responsibility. You, You have to decide, am I going to continue to carry this anger, am I going to continue to harbor this anger long-term, or am I going to choose to release this anger? In fact, let me go ahead and make um, two kind of what I would say maybe for some of you who've gone through some recent hurt, maybe insensitive questions, just kind of give you two insensitive questions to kind of think about. Um, it, It may frustrate some of you. And I understand that when you hear the questions, I mean, because your, your situation is kind of raw emotionally. So these questions could almost kind of seem rude and uncaring, but I, I can promise you they're not. Um, I, I think they're important for you to think about as you're processing through this hurt that you're going through. Um, let's just give them to you. Here, here's the first one. And that is this. How far into your future do you intend to carry the angst created in your past? Like, how far into your future do you intend to carry the angst? The, when we say the angst, we mean the anger, the hurt, the disappointment, the discouragement. How, how long do you tend to plan on carrying that in, from your past? Are you going to carry it for another week? You're going to carry it for another month? You're going to carry it for a year, five years, 10 years? And maybe some of you are going, yeah, but I, I, I don't think about it that way. But you should because you're making a choice either intentionally or unintentionally for how long you're going to carry and harbor this anger. Here's the second question. How long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to follow you into your future? Like how many sunsets are are you going to let pass before you decide, and it is a decision, to release your angst? your hurt, your disappointment, your frustration. See, because here's the thing, whenever you harbor anger, whenever you harbor resentment and bitterness, what you're doing is you're opening the door to the person that hurt you. And basically what you're doing is you're opening that door as long as you harbor it and you're inviting them to come into your life or to stay in your life and continue to have a present shaping your future. That's the thing that you have to understand. They're not just going to be a part of your past if you hold on to anger and all the emotions that follow it. That's why the apostle Paul says, not only should you not let the sun go down on your wrath, but he's saying there's something else you shouldn't do. Notice what else he says. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil... A foothold. Now, here's the thing. This word foothold, it literally means a staging ground. So what he's saying is this, is when you hold on to your anger, when you hold on to and allow the spirit of bitterness to build up in you, the the resentment, all of those emotions, he says what you're doing is you're creating an opportunity. You are creating a staging ground for your past to define your future. But that's not all he's saying. This word devil right here is a very interesting word, and here's why. There is a Greek word that Scripture uses multiple times specifically to mean Satan, but that's not the Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses here for the word devil. Instead, the Apostle Paul uses the Greek word here that means liar or slanderer or deceiver. In fact, in some translations, they don't even use the word devil here. They translate it liar or slander. So the Apostle Paul is not necessarily referring to Satan here. You could read this this way. And do not give, you fill in the blank with a name, a foothold into your future. See, in that blank goes the name of the person who lied to you, who deceived you, who slandered you, who hurt you. So the Apostle Paul's advice is hey, don't give Fred a foothold anymore. Don't give Julie a foothold anymore. And by the way, if you're Fred or Julie out there, I just made up those names, okay? I'm sorry. We could have said Paul and Melody. That would be me and my wife. Let's just do that. Don't give Paul a foothold. Don't give Melody. I mean, it's like, well, whoever's name that hurt you, you just fill in their name. In other words, he's saying, listen, don't hold on to your anger and create a staging ground in your life for them to continue to go on the journey with you. Now, Now, many of you, you've never thought about it this way. But that's exactly what some of you have done. By refusing to release the past hurt and the anger, what you have done is you have thrown open the door and you have allowed those persons or that person that hurt you to have a staging ground in your future. They are still impacting your life. They are still impacting all the decisions that you made, even though they may not be around anymore. And the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, that's just foolish. And without realizing it, you have given them a foothold. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he goes on in verse 31. He says, so here's what you need to do. You need to get rid of. And again, the Apostle Paul is talking about get rid of as if this is a choice. It's like this is a choice that you have the responsibility and you have the ability to make. So he says, All you have to do is get rid of this. It's like you can just get rid of it. I've used this illustration about a year ago, I think, with you. Like, Just take it out like you took out the trash. Get get rid of it. And you just leave it there. But here's what you are to get rid of. And this is so important. Notice what he says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Now, do, do you know what this list is? Do you know what this list is? This is a list of all the emotions and all the reactions that you have in your life when you let anger go too far, when you let anger become sin in your life. You know that anger is now a sin if you've got any level of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, or any other kind of ill will. Or bad attitude in your heart and so what it ends up being is I'm bitter and I'm angry and it's impacting how I treat other people I'm hurting people because I'm hurting I mean constant conflict with people because all oh, there's anger and all these other emotions rattling around inside of me or you find yourself losing your temper so quickly over little bitty things See, when when you start experiencing these emotions and these reactions, you know that anger has gone too far. It is a sin. So how do you fix it? How do you take what was excruciatingly painful, all this angst, meaning all the hurt, all the disappointment, all the pain, how do you take all this angst from your past? And release it. And I'm just telling you. Apostle Paul says, there is only one way. And he says it in this verse, verse 32. He says, and you be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. So there's only one way to release all these emotions and this anger. And that's to forgive. Nothing else breaks the chain of anger from the human heart. And and you know what the word forgive means? It's a really neat word. It means this. It means to pardon. You've heard of something like a presidential pardon? Well, a pardon is when you say to someone, hey, you are guilty and you deserve to be punished, but I am choosing not to hold this against you anymore. See, the only way that you can release the anger from your past is to choose to to forgive. It is to say, you don't even necessarily have to say it to the person, but you at least say it to yourself. Hey, they owe me. But I have decided to pardon them. I have decided to release them. I'm not going to hold it against them anymore. And some of you, you're sitting there thinking, but man, they don't deserve that. No, No, they don't. See, you don't deserve to hang on to anger anymore. See, the reality is you don't forgive because they deserve it. You forgive because you deserve to be free to move forward in your future. In fact, let me say that again a little bit different way. See, you deserve to not have your past follow you in your future. You forgive because you deserve it. You deserve to be better for it instead of bitter from it. So, see, you deserve not to have that angst follow you. That, that's just so emotionally destructive. That's following you into your future. And here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you forgive because not only you do, do you deserve better for it or from it, but you've received better from it, from someone forgiving you. And that's what the Apostle Paul reminds us of in the next part of this verse. He says, we forgive each other just as in Christ. God forgave you. That's exactly what God did for us, right? He forgave us. At the cross, God made the choice to forgive fully and finally, not because you or I deserved it, but because we needed it. Literally, Jesus set the example. So what he's saying is, you need to pardon others as I have pardoned you. You need to forgive as you've been forgiven. And you go first so that you can go on with your life and your past is not sabotaging your future. Let me just say something. If you can't seem to bring yourself to do that, here's what probably is going on. You probably don't understand how much God has forgiven you. Because here's the truth. People who truly feel... The fullness of the forgiveness of God. People who feel forgiven by God, they forgive other people as God has forgiven them. Now, every time I talk about this, oftentimes I get email, text message, or people will hit me up after service and they go, yeah, but what if they broke the law? Or what if there's abuse? What if the person continues to hurt me? Listen, if the law has been broken, you call the police. You prosecute. See, forgiveness doesn't mean you don't turn them in. Forgiveness, it doesn't mean you allow someone to continue to hurt you. See, you can let the law prosecute fully and still forgive personally. You can get out of the relationship and still forgive. So here's the thing. If you're struggling today and you're going, man, I would love to be free from my past and move on. Let me just kind of give you some homework. Here's some practical homework that will help you. First thing you need to do is you need to make a list of what they owe you. You need to be very specific, and this is going to take a whole lot longer than what you think. Because after all, when you did that circle of blame, you said, man, this was all their responsibility, right? So you're going to need to make a list of all those things. And that's going to be several sunsets that are going to happen. But you need to sit down and start making a list. And what you discover is that list is even going to be longer than what you thought in the beginning. So write it down. They took away my sense of security. They took away my dreams. They took away my opportunity to be married to one person for the rest of my life. They took away my sense of self-worth and so on. You just make that list. And then when you're finished, you hold that list up. And you say, okay, I played a small part in this. So I'm going to own my piece of the past, and I'm going to work on my part in the past so I'm not smuggling my issues into the next relationship. But now I'm going to pardon your piece of the past. You don't owe me any more. You have a full pardon. Now, you don't even have to tell them you did it. But you need to go through that activity for yourself, for your benefit. Now, two things about this. One, until you own your piece of the past, you're going to have a hard time releasing their peace. So you have to start with you, and then you have to pardon them. But here's the other thing. Most of the time, whatever they took away from you, they could never repay, even if they wanted to. So why hang on to it? See, they can't give you back all those nights that they should have been there for you and tucked you in bed. They can't give you those back. They they can't give you back the ability to just trust people like at face value. See, those things, they can't go back and redo them if they wanted to. So don't wait for them to pay you back before you move on. Don't wait because they can't pay you back most of the time. Listen. You have the potential, and this is why this is so important, this third step, this third fundamental of being better for it. You have the potential to be that person that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, where one day somebody is sitting down and having a conversation with you, and they are shocked. When they hear your story and they hear all of the things that are in your past, all of that pain, and they go, I had no idea because you are so emotionally, spiritually, and relationally healthy. How did you do it? And you can tell them the same thing that that person would have told you because you decided, hey, my past will remind me it will not define me. I'm going to learn from my past but it's not going to define my story. I'm just get, I got rid of all the angst. I got rid of all the hurt. I worked through that hurt. I worked through that pain. I'm not going to keep letting the sun setting on my anger. I'm going to release it. I'm going to forgive, and I'm going to move forward. See, that's the only way to leverage the lesson from your past and not carry your issues and their issues forward. And here's the thing. You're all smart people, and you don't want that. You you don't want to just keep carrying baggage from the past into your future. Listen, no matter what has happened to you, don't miss this. You can be better for it, not because you want it to be, but because you have an intentional plan to be better for it. And your plan is simply this it's to own it, it's to rethink it, and it is to release it. You own your piece of the past because you can't blame your way to a better future, you can't blame your way into the future and somehow or another succeed. You rethink how that you view things by renovating your mind because if you think the way that you used to think, you'll just continue to do the things that you used to do and then you release it because your past, it can remind you but it doesn't need to define you anymore. Now, some of you, you need to take these steps in some area of your life. Some of you, you're dating right now and it's just train wreck after train wreck. You need to take a year off from dating and just focus on working through these things so that you just don't keep repeating the same relationship issues over and over again. Some of you are in a marriage that's struggling or you had a marriage that failed and man, you're about to get married again or you're thinking about getting out of your marriage, go and finding somebody else. Man, but before you give up, before you move on, you need to do your part. You need to go through this whole process of own it, rethink it, release it, or you're just gonna drag your baggage from the past relationships into a future marriage. So some of you, you need to do this with your career, because you've blamed everybody you've ever worked with for why you're at, where you're at in your career. Others of you, you need to do this, your finances, because you've blamed everybody for where you're at financially. Some of you need to do this with your parenting because you've blamed everything else for why you're at, where you're at as a parent. Listen, if you want to learn from your past and be better for it, don't ignore this. Own it, rethink it, and release it. It is, it's a winning plan straight from God's word. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. You'll never be able to do this on your own. You can only do this through the strength and the power of a relationship with God. So as we close out today, I just want to give you the opportunity to begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and for some of you, this is gonna be the very first time that you've ever experienced, just open your heart to God's grace and his forgiveness, and I'm telling you, it's an incredible thing when you truly experience the grace and forgiveness of God, so at all of our churches, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never received his forgiveness and confessed that you're a sinner and asked Jesus to forgive you of all your sin, I invite you just to pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Said, so, dear Jesus, today I want to be free from my past. I want to let go of all the angst. I, I want to close that door to all those people or that person that hurt me so deeply. I, I don't want Satan or that person to have a foothold in my life, a staging ground anymore. I, I want to be free. And I understand that freedom starts By being forgiven. So today I admit that I am a sinner. I am in need of a savior. I have sinned against you God. I have sinned against other people. As other people have sinned against me. But God I am confessing my sin. And I am asking you to forgive me. So that I can experience your forgiveness. And know what it truly means to feel forgiven. So that I can give that forgiveness away. So I can pardon those who have hurt me. And move on in my relationship with you in my relationship with others. Thank you, Jesus, for coming in my heart, being my Lord and my savior. And I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that you're giving me as I receive this gift of forgiveness so that your presence and your person will be with me every day to help me on this journey. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, um, just let us know that on the connect card. Just, I received Jesus Christ for the very first time. Some of you making a renewed commitment just let us know that you can leave that connect card laying down on your seats face down as you leave today, or you can drop into the giving buckets as le- as you leave your auditorium. Now today, I also want to invite you as we close out, um, to take communion with us because communion is a reminder that Jesus didn't come to pay us back, but he came to win us back and to give us all the power to get rid of that anger and that bitterness instead of having all of that carried with us in our future. So, um, God came to give you the power to be kind, compassionate, and forgiving even when others hurt you. Um, Think about it this way. Jesus went to the cross so that we could have a close relationship with him, but also that we could continue to have close relationships with each other. So what's going to happen is um, we're going to have the bands come out in all of our churches in just a moment, and they're going to lead us through a song. And as you reflect on this song, I just want you to think about what Jesus did to forgive us. I want you to eat the bread to remind yourself of the body of Jesus that was broken for you so that you could be forgiven. I want you to think about the blood that was shed for you to wash away all of your sins so that you could be forgiven. And then I want you to lean into that forgiveness and say, God, help me to forgive others as you have forgiven me. God, thank you for this moment when we get to participate in remembering and celebrating what you did for us. And I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit will come and you'll help us to own our piece of the past, to commit to rethinking it, renovating our mind, but most of all, to releasing it, saying, God, I wanna be free. I wanna do for others what you did for me. Help me to feel your forgiveness so that I can forgive, so that I can pardon as you have pardoned me. In Jesus name we give you thanks, amen.